video vampires, everybody. With Jessica. And Mickey. Hello. Hello. Happy um, not Halloween. I know. I it's it's weird. I'm still not like in total belief that it's actually Halloween just because you know it feels like, like every other day. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Like they're trying really hard. There's like a lot of like drive through stuff. I've and I've heard like uh there's a Stranger Things drive through, you know, in, in LA and it's sold out, I guess, like completely for this year already. Because I think people are just desperate for the spooky. Yeah, and because Stranger Things <laughs> is like the thing to be into. I mean, every people say that, but I still like it. I liked it. I do too. It's the fact and I still kind of like it now. I still, I do. I absolutely do. But I feel like when Glow gets canceled, but Stranger Things doesn't, I'm like, okay, something's up here. I never got into Glow. I see a lot of people complaining about it, but That's I fucking ne- show on Netflix. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, here's why: is because it was, the Stranger Things. I like Stranger Things, but I've said this to you before in the podcast. It's that fucking show is lazy as fuck. It's like uses it uses its uh, nostalgia. N- it uses the nostalgia to like you know like hey, remember how you felt when you heard this song playing, or when you felt when you heard, not not this song, but like there's that whole scene, and I think what was the most recent season where like the third season where like you know they're having that conversation on the walkie-talkie, and they're and in the theater they're watching the Back to the Future, um, back the Back Future, and they're watching the clock tower scene, the music's playing, and they're just using the music from Black Back to the Future to get you to feel what they want you to feel, and it's like. I feel like that's lazy. Whereas Glow, like it happens to take place in the 80s, but like it really just, it's its own thing. And it was very like competent and very like good writing. And like I cared about those characters and I felt like they had their own stories that went natural. Like I'd be like, oh, I didn't see that coming, but I believe it because it's very believable. You know, it's like really good writing. And like the cast was just dynamite. It's like, and uh, it just breaks my heart that that show, which probably costs significantly less than an episode of Stranger Things, gets canceled. And like, when I say gets canceled, if they were like Netflix was like, we're going to cancel the fourth season, but we're going to do like a movie to wrap it up, I'd be like, cool, yeah. go for it. But the fact they're not even going to bother doing that, they're just like, oh, you guys already started filming the fourth season, then COVID happened. We're just going to scrap the whole thing. It's like, oh, that's what happened. Okay, yeah, I'm I like, see why people are upset about it then. It's like, go fuck yourself, Netflix. Because they they were like, yeah, we're, there's going to be a close season four. Don't worry. And then when they started making it, obviously the pandemic happened. And it's like, isn't, isn't the same story for Stranger Things, which again is going to cost you way more just to postpone it? Till, just stupid I shit. Know. It's like, I, I feel that way about some shows. Like, I feel that way about Counterpart. I'm still mad at Stars for canceling it because it was the best. It's on Amazon Prime, though, if anyone uh, wants to watch it. It's still the best sci fi spy show ever. I would watch it. Yeah. Based off of that. I've, um, watched, I've watched a lot of I, I don't know what you've watched, but like, I, I made a poll. We were just talking about this. I made a poll in my Instagram. And it was just like, what's the scariest movie you've ever seen? Because I read this article about how, you know, a small, a small batch of people they tested this with is like they tested their heart rate while watching scary movies. And then they've determined that Sinister was the scariest movie of all time out of a few. Like they, they, they gave the list, but like, I was just kind of appalled. Uh, so I made a poll and the answers are really surprising, but some weren't like some, I remember as a kid, um, you know, like cat's eye, someone was like, this scared me. And I was like, it scared me too. Like as a child, I was convinced there was trolls in my walls, like a hundred percent thought there was trolls in my walls. I came home. I wanted to get a cat. My mom wouldn't let me. I was like convinced she wanted me to die. I was like, there's trolls in my walls and they're trying to steal my breath. Um, cat's eye. And also, um, 
you know, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, like, you know, I was a child when this came out. So actually, Freddy Krueger scared the fuck out of me. And so did Chucky, which we'll talk about later. Um, But I hated dolls when I was little, too. So, like, these, these, like, I understand some of the people's picks because, like, you just saw them at a certain time and some were terrifying. Some um, that were listed were, like, the most offensive I've seen. You know, like, obviously, I was expecting that, too, like, martyrs you know a lot of french films um even like salo uh is one of them and a serbian film which are consecutively two of the most you know offensive films i've ever watched in my life um so it was like a real range of of different types of movies that like scared people and i i actually ended up loving doing the poll because i got a ton of answers about it and everyone wanted to talk about horror which was actually really cool and like what actually scared them but I went through and I watched a few of them over again because like some of them I didn't remember. And like, so one of them, someone mentioned the evil dead remake and then people were like, Oh, it's actually pretty good. And I rewatched it. I, it came out in 2013. I saw it in the movie theater. I hadn't rewatched it. I rewatched it recently. And I was like, this movie is way dumber than I remember. <laughs> I actually and, really like that one. Well, but. okay. The gore is good, but it's like, I was just, see, this is where it differs from a, I feel like it should have been more like Cabin in the Woods, which is more of like a, a different take on on that story anyway. But like that was such a cooler movie than this um, than the Evil Dead remake. I mean, it had it had some moments. It was scary and some, but I feel like it just was. It didn't. First of all, you're like, oh, you included the tree rape scene. Like, how fucking I, uh, cool! What an homage to the original, you know? But I, you know, it's, it's funny because I like the I like the remake, but I have my problems with it too. But when did you, when's the last time you watched it? A few months ago. So oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. So, no, no. Well, I saw it in the theater, you know, when it came out, and I remember I was I went to like a late screening in the in the middle of the week, right? So I went to like on like a Thursday or Wednesday night at like ten o'clock in Glendale. It was like three people in the theater, and one of them was me, and two of them were a couple. A few like few, like way behind me. It was like a pretty empty theater. That's fucking terrifying. That's really no matter what you're seeing, it was like because there's like there's all this open space. And you're watching it on this big screen, and it just gets under your skin. But even then, I had a problem with it, you know. And I, I, I bought the uh, the unrated cut, and yeah. I watched it, and I, I do enjoy it. There is a lot of what I do enjoy. What I have a huge problem with is let like we have this character, this main character, and this is where I, I feel like was this a smart move or was it, it was a, certainly a bold one? But I didn't care. And I don't, I don't. Spoiler alert, guys, for a movie that at this point, if you haven't seen it, it's been what? How many years? Eight. Yeah, it's been yeah. A, it's been long enough. Seven or eight, seven or eight, yeah. Um, is that you have your lead character? She gets possessed, and her because she's a recovering addict, her friends just think that she's acting weird, you know, because she's a recovering addict. She's like, I need, we need to get the hell out of here. And they're like, oh, of course we do. Yeah, right, you fucking junkie. And then she turns, she gets possessed. I think that's brilliant. Where that, kind of, I, I will agree with that. Where I think where I got where I had a problem with is that then we have her. She's possessed. She does these horrific things. Including killing an animal, which I can deal with people getting killed left and right in a movie, but you kill a defenseless animal like a dog. I just, I get so, uh, I just, it got to, that, that will I always know, get yeah. me in a movie. But, but she does all these terrible things like, you know, she, she's, she's, uh, you know, her, like anyway, and her brother is set up to be the fucking hero. And then he gets, die, he dies, and she gets suddenly unpossessed. And she's the hero again, and she fights off the, you know, the whatever. And it's like, I have a problem with that when, like, okay, if she could suddenly become all okay and better, why couldn't anybody else? So why, why, why is it, if you suddenly lose the justification why, she, why all these people had to die, if, if one person can get fixed, 
Why couldn't everybody get fixed? And am I supposed to care about her all of a sudden because now she's gone back to being the hero? And I mean, there is one cool thing that happens at the end where she does something to herself at the end to like, where I was like, that's fucking pretty cool. And I did love the, 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 um, what was it? The, um, the tag at the end, you know, yeah, uh, you know, the little, uh, it's great. You know, um, that's awesome. You know, it's, it's, it was fun. It was awesome, but it meant nothing because ultimately they're never, ever going to combine. There were at one point they were talking about combining those two worlds, you know, like Bruce Campbell and the new character from evil dead. But then, then they did Ash vs. evil dead. And that really, it finally kind of closed the fucking book on what you need to do with that franchise, as far as I'm concerned, which they're rebooting again. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, here's the thing with this is like, it's enjoyable, like as a, as a gory kind of fun horror movie, but like, I don't think it's as great as I remember it to be. Right. And, and it's, it's proof positive that like that franchise, what makes that franchise move is, aside from Sam Raimi is, is Bruce, Bruce Campbell. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it, I, the remake was fine. It was a, it was supposed to be like, but it didn't add anything. It was like, oh, yeah, we're gonna exactly. Make, we're gonna go back to how serious the original was. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. But the original was the reason why everybody was like blown away by the original is because you were seeing stuff with. I mean, Sam Raimi is you know I haven't seen anything he's done in the last few years. I, I've never been, been blown away. But I can tell you when I saw night, you know, the first Evil Dead when I was in junior high, and I didn't know who Sam Raimi was at the time. Like I didn't know the name. It didn't make any, you know. I was like, oh my God, because you're like, you're seeing camera movements and you're seeing stuff that you're like, I've never seen this before. Um, Sam Raimi was groundbreaking in 1981 up until, you know, and I think to this day, like, you know, there's there's a lot to be said about him, but it's, that's what made the the original Evil Dead is not, I I love that movie. It holds such a special place in my heart, but I don't love it because I'm like, oh no, this is one of the greatest films ever made. It's like, this is a film that is completely what it is. It's this wild, crazy, fun you know, gory ride, you know, but it's, um, it's pretty brilliant. The new remake wasn't, didn't add anything to that. It wasn't like, yeah, I no, didn't it was, it. Yeah. it's like the Carrie remake. Like, okay, it's exactly the same thing except just now, but it just didn't add anything to the story. But another, another movie that I watched that was on that list actually from, from your wife, Kate was, um, the beginning of it follows. So I rewatched it follows this came out, you know, not too long ago either. And, uh, I actually really appreciated it a lot more. I think like watching it now, cause it's been, been a few years and I was like, <laughs> I do really fucking like it. I think this, and then like the other movie about Detroit, like there was a few movies around this time period where like Detroit was like the place that you were showing. Like there was only lovers left alive. There was, it follows. There was, um, don't breathe or whatever. Uh, that by the guy did the Evil Dead remake. Yeah. Yeah. By the same, um, yeah. by the same guy, which I, I do like, but it gets ridiculous and you're like, what's well, like Turkey based or like what is going on? But it follows, I think is great. Mm-hmm. And like, there's, there's so many things like it's just, it's so simplistic and it's, and it's, you know, storyline, like the, everything is just like a person. There's like no, there's like some added creepiness, but it's very minimal. And like, what makes it is like, the actors and the fucking score. The score is so good. I like, Mm -hmm. I actually listen to it when I work out because it's so creepy. It's like, you know, just simple notes, but it's like, you know, just very put together, you know, like psycho. It's like, "Eh, eh, eh." it's very much like that type of noise that like gets under your skin. Just like, you're like, Oh, like, um, it's great. I think it follows is great. Anyone can fight me on it. It's a great movie. (laughs) 
And it is scary. It is really scary in part. So I, I get it. But that list was so cool because it reminded me of a lot of films. And there was like some films that I've never seen before. Um, you know, someone had mentioned House with Laughing Windows. It's like old 70s Italian film, which is awesome. I want to put it on my list and like, you know, just some others that I want to check out and some old favorites too that I want to rewatch. So I thought that was cool. So I'm just going to start going by that poll that I did um, and start watching those, some of those movies. So, um, and then I watched this like weird, it's like one of those Netflix horror, you know, so it's not that good, but it was like this weird Norwegian movie called Cadaver, but it was basically about, which is kind of funny because it was like about the end of the world and there's like a famine because there's like nuclear winter and like no food and like, oh yeah, they get invited to a hotel and like, you know, it was like super super predictable uh it was fun to watch it really was i think i'll kind of watch anything but it just wasn't that good but i feel like it could have been set up differently it was it was fun like it's a fun horror movie watch but other than that like don't expect much from it okay yeah what'd you watch I've actually, um, I mean, eh, I've kind of gone back and forth between watching a lot of new stuff and watching, um or watching a lot of old stuff and then watching one, you know one or two new things but uh, i watched um on the old stuff front, I watched Psychomania, which is this great British horror film from the early seventies about a, these biker this biker gang. The leader oh. of the biker gang finds out, finds out about how to um, come back from the dead, right? Um, not a, like you know, not as a zombie, but like you know, just as a I died and now I'm back to life and I can do whatever I want because I'm fucking I can't be killed, you know. And he basically con- he convinces his other his gang mates, his his rest of his biker gang, like they're young, like they're British biking, like when I say a, like biking gang, I mean like they're like British fucking punk kids, you know, from the early seventies, you know, like kind of that weird period between like kind of like a cross between hippies and mods, you know. Yeah, yeah. And they all they all like all these like, gang members, these bike, you know, these members of his gang, like they all kill themselves so they can come back to life and now they're like this like undead bike gang and they're just wreaking yeah. havoc. it's really cool um it does sound cool the the soundtrack's fucking fantastic i mean like that's really i mean like it goes from being some of the most nauseating like hippie like folky bullshit to like just some cool fucking awesome awesome soundtrack i really dug it it's a fun movie to watch um and then i watched um you know, my you know last week, you know Joe Bob was back for Halloween, and he did uh he did two movies. He did Haunt, which I never seen before. It's a newer one. It's by the guys who wrote a Quiet Place, and it's like the premise is like. Oh, actually, I was really pissed when I found out what the premise was. It's like a bunch of people go to a haunted house and they don't know if it's real or if it's whatever. And it's like, yeah, I showed people the same fucking movie on my birthday <laughs> called Scary Movie with Academy Award nominee John Hawks, and nobody was into it. Um, but uh, but it's funny because our, our friend Diego, who was on the podcast uh, for our um, Monster Squad episode, him and I were just like texting each other. And I was like, didn't I literally show you guys a movie just like this, but like not as gory? But anyway, it's this movie where like these kids go to this haunted house and they have to sign a waiver or whatever. And then – Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like there were things I had a lot of problems with, you know, and like one of which is like I hate these movies where like – you know, it's a bunch of random killers who are just doing this. Like they, put, oh, we're gonna put together a haunted house so we can uh, kill and, and and kill people. And it's like, well, why? How did you guys get together? Like, how did you guys get together? And come up with this idea? Like, I'm. If it's really good, <laughs> you wanna you wanna know I, the beginnings? I don't. Yeah, I don't need to know. Like, here's things that like I'm not one of those people that has to have a backstory to like a, a, a psychopath. Like Black Christmas, we've got a killer trapped, uh, stuck in the attic. We don't know why he's doing anything he's doing, and I love that. It's okay. great. 
or or Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which we do know why they're doing it. They're a family. They're they're you know cannibals, whatever. But that makes sense. They're a family, right? When you get all these four or five random people who just like to dress up as clowns and kill people, what's their backstory? Did they get together at like some weird like group? Facebook, Facebook group? group? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like that's. I mean, I and here's things that like those are those things where I'm like I want to know those things because not only do I feel like it's important, but also. Wouldn't that make it way more fucking interesting to find out that these people like found some like found each other in some weird back like corner of the the internet and like created this like hey let's let's get together and hurt people. That's a fucking that to me is terrifying, more terrifying than them wearing clown masks, which I know in 90, in like the 2000s or the whatever word decade whatever you want to call it, that's scary is like people in ridiculous hot topic clown outfits, but that's what it was. I was not impressed with Haunt, but everybody was super excited because they were like, oh man, Joe Bob's going to show Halloween 3 finally. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. I even, I even like, you know, set it up so they, on Friday nights for our Friday night horror movies, I'm like, I'm not going to show Halloween 3 because I know Joe Bob is. They've been teasing it, they've been teasing it, teasing it, and they didn't show it. They showed a movie called Hack a Lantern. Oh, which, um, get the fuck out. Which, my, my, which Steve Sears and I saw together at the Arrow one year. It's a direct to video horror film from the early 80s, from the mid 80s, no, late 80s. And it has um, the guy who plays Max's dad in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia as like this, like, Basically, he's being groomed to be like the next up in this like satanic cult, and it's this weird horror film shot in New Jersey by Indian filmmakers who never, who you know, who uh, didn't speak English, and they didn't understand. Like Halloween is an is not an American holiday, but Halloween is certainly not an Indian holiday. They don't celebrate uh, Halloween in India, so it was like the, an outsider's perspective on this like phenomena that is Halloween. Um, it's not that it's – I mean it's a fun, bad movie to watch with your friends. You get like a few laughs. High Pike is in it. High Pike is in Blade Runner. He plays the owner of Taffy's Lounge. Like the – he plays oh. this like club owner. Yeah, who's like, you know, when, when you know, when Harrison Ford's like, you know, you buy snakes from the Arab or whatever, um, Taffy, <laughs> and he's like, all the time, pal. Imagine that guy being the lead <laughs> in a horror movie. That's what, that's what Hack-A-Lantern is. It's – so it's not that it's an awful movie and like what – but when you're expecting Halloween 3 – it's pretty fucking bad. So uh, I just, after it was over, I was like, I said to my wife, I was like, okay, you've never seen this. I'm going to show it to you. So we played Halloween 3. Um, and I love Halloween 3. Uh, it may be my favorite of the Halloween sequels. Um, I know that sounds really weird because it's technically not a Halloween sequel, but yeah. nothing will ever compare. You know, like, you know, the only time I've really, like, I miss going to the movies. Like, we've talked about this before. Oh, yeah. But when, I, but when it hit me the hardest, like, and I can honestly say that in the year, in this, since it's like March, when this, when it hit me the hardest that I can't go to a see a movie in the theater was when I was watching Halloween three this year. And I had went, I remember I saw it at the era or the Egyptian last year, they did a Tom Atkins triple feature and, and they showed night of the creeps, Halloween three and the fog. Right. But there's a scene in Halloween three where like, it's showing all these different cities and all these kids trick or treating in different cities. And I remember when they showed Los Angeles and it says like Los Angeles, the entire theater fucking exploded and it was one of those moments that made me a happy that i was in that movie theater at that moment and b that i was living in los angeles like i i felt like you know i just felt the swell of pride you know and seeing that scene again this year i was like oh, i fucking miss that moment you know and that's why you go to see movies in the theaters because of those moments where like you feel like you're part of something you know you feel like you're part of a community and that was what halloween 3 did for me last year and which is funny because when i went to that tom atkins triple feature i love night of the creeps i love halloween 3 but the movie i was there to see on the big screens i was like i need to see the fog i need to see a 35 millimeter print of the fog and it was breathtaking that movie the fog is is also criminally underrated by the way um i i can't recommend that enough really 
The Fog? Yeah. With, I mean, I like yeah. The Fog. Love it. I think it's one of the best ghost stories of all time. Um, it's such a great movie. Um, and then I watched um, I watched I Drink Your Blood, which is a weird uh, early 70s horror film about these satanic cult of hippies that basically like – like, you know, disrupt this ghost town. They like, um, they're just, I feel like they're, I watched they, this. It sounds really familiar, but I do, smoke they, a lot of weed. They do awful things in this small town that's like basically popular with like four or five people because it's like basically a ghost, like a mining town now. And um, this little kid basically injects their meat pies with rabies, and then they go, <laughs> they go fucking crazy. And it's this like gory, violent, like. Um, it's, it's awesome. I liked, I love it. Uh, it's, it's exactly what you expect from my movie called I drink your blood. Lynn Lowry, who is in shivers. She's awesome. And I drink your, like, she's the, the nurse that's dating her boss. And like, you know, he punches in the face when she's about, when she's about to like vomit her weird, like mm-hmm. parasite on them. He like cracks her one in the face. She's in, I drink your blood. It was one of her first movies. That's great. Um, and then we watched Borat too. Oh, I forgot. I did watch this, and I think I just wanted to erase it from my brain because it doesn't do anything for me. I don't think I like that kind of comedy. It just isn't for me. I mean, people were, like, loving it, which is fine. You can find funniness in it. There's a few times where I laughed out loud. There was, like, a few jokes in there that I thought were funny. But the Giuliani thing, I didn't think – I was like, this is just absurd, and this makes everyone who – yeah. was reposting it looks stupid like i i was just like uh i just yeah. didn't like the outcome but like i do understand how important that comedy is sometimes but it's like so I cringy I, yeah I, I i agree with you that i have a problem with cringy humor like i mean i, I like i like bruno i like I like his, I like I do like that type of style as I do like when you see these pieces of shit being exposed for being pieces of shit. My problem is it's a week away from election day and it's like those pieces of shit may get what they want again. You know what I mean? Like they might win again. So like it to me it's like it's not as funny anymore. It's like this is fucking it, if anything out of all the movies that I have fucking watched this month, I would probably see Borat 2 is the scariest. I'm like <laughs> This could be this could be another four years of this garbage, you know. Um, not that it's going to go away, regardless of what happens, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like that that sense of like being. You can be like, I'm a piece of shit, and I'm totally proud of it. It's like, great. I can use less of that, you know. Um, but that's what I've watched. I've watched everything that I just mentioned. Uh, but Borat too, just didn't find it funny, um, especially not a week before election day, where I'm like, this is just too scary to me. Yeah. Um, so maybe I don't know. Maybe if 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 some sort of if somebody goes back in time and fix 2020 properly, maybe I'll watch Borat and be like, okay, it's funny. I get it. Ha ha ha. But right now I'm just like, it's not doing it for me, guys. Um, so um, yeah, Borat. Borat too. Scariest movie in October. Yeah, and the Giuliani stuff was just weak. I'm like, yeah, I can see you know why we would all want to jump on that, but it makes us all look really stupid if we're like, oh, see, it's like if anything, he just comes off as a big douchebag. You know, he doesn't come off as, as the pervert that everybody wanted to be like, oh, man, we caught him. We caught him. It's like, did you, though? I mean, like. Exactly. And then it just makes it just gives, I feel like, fuel for, you know, the other to- side. You know, just it's just yeah. uh, it's just overwhelming. I, I don't think it helped me at all. You know, like if yeah. I wanted like something funny to watch, that wasn't it. <laughs> it just made me anxious. Yes, exactly, exactly, and like I, I just like I said, that, that anxiety-inducing shit just doesn't do it for me. But um, I don't know. Um, 
Should we, uh, speaking of fun and cheesy, um, that's actually funny. Well, sort of funny, but yeah, we, we decided, well, you, you really wanted to do this and it's funny because I haven't seen this in a really long time. Um, it's been a long time since I've revisited probably any of the Chucky child's play, you know, bride of Chucky, any of them. And I remember when they came out, but, um, I think I watched, you know, the remake and I was like, Oh, this is stupid. Uh, I, uh, I didn't hate it, but I didn't care for it at all. So uh, we did Child's Play 2. Yeah. Which is um, really fun. Obviously, it's written by Don Mancini. Um, yeah, well, yeah I, w- I just want to take a moment because one of the things I love about I mean, because John Lafayette directed it, and John Lafayette actually, yeah. com- unfortunately, sadly, committed suicide in, in April of this year. Oh, he did? Um, I didn't know that. I was yeah. like, oh, no, that's sad. So I don't want to like diminish anything that he's done, but the reason why I want to talk about Don Mancini is because one of the prevalent things about Child's Play franchise is that Don Mancini created it, and he has been with this franchise the entire time, except the for the entire time. The entire except, time. Actually, he was very against the remake because, well, and it's, it's a weird, it's a weird legal thing that I don't, I don't know how to explain properly, but like one company, like I think MGM owns the rights to Child's Play and Dominance and Universal. You know, basically, long story short, is they basically are, he's like they they wanted his blessing on this remake. He's like, you guys know that I've been actively trying to make this this child's play tv show this chucky tv show yeah that's right it's gonna fuck it up yeah um but what i like about the child's play franchise is that for good or bad and child's play 3 and he would admit this too child's play 3 is a fucking terrible movie but every change in the direction that this franchise has gone in every like twist and turn every like we're gonna be this way with this type of movie now we're gonna be this type of movie um Seed of Chucky is one of the funniest movies of the aughts, and I'm not joking. Like, I think Seed of Chucky is fucking hilarious. Um, Don Mancini's been involved with every step of the way, and I love that. So, like, you only have him to, like, if you like where it's gone, you only have him to blame. If you don't like where it's gone, um, you have him to blame. If you like where it's gone, he, you know, you have him to praise. He's been – this has been his baby, and I, you don't get to see many franchise creators – stick with the franchise the way Don Mancini has like Sean Cunningham who did Friday 13th one he stuck with he's stuck, he stuck with his franchise but it's like when something when a movie is particularly bad like when I don't know people hate Jason goes to hell I kind of like it but he'll be like I hadn't I, I didn't I mean I produced it but I really had nothing to do with that I didn't agree with that decision or or Jason goes to hell I'm Jason X that was a huge misstep and it's like but when something goes well he's like yeah yeah I was part of that and it's like fuck off dude where's Don Mancini's like hey man do you For like good or bad, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I really admire that. Like, and I love Wes Craven. I love John Carpenter, but neither of them stuck by their the movies that franchised off of their creation, like Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween. So but what? I, but Wes Craven, the, some of the Halloween, like the the he had mentioned this in a in a Q and A I saw, but he had lost the rights to um, Elm Street. Yeah, yeah, and so it was like. I get it, you know, because you're like, no, I sold that a long time ago. This, These have nothing to do with me. So it's like, I feel like I get that. Or you're just mm-hmm. like, no, I have nothing to do with that. I didn't write that, didn't do that, didn't touch that. Sure. No, no, and I'm not, I'm not blaming him for that. I'm just saying that, like, John Mancini is a rarity in, in the horror universe where it's like, because yeah, he no has. excuses. He's just like, yeah, it sucks. Um, yeah. But it's also cool because you, it's one person's vision, you know? Yeah, and you have like the, the it's all the fun favorites, you know. Brad Dorif is is Chucky. Um, yeah. what's his name? Garrett Graham. Um, he's yeah. been in two two other movies that we've done. Um, yeah. Phantom of the Paradise and uh, Terror Vision. Uh, and he's got that face too. Like I don't even know how to describe it. It's like kind of silly just looking at it. <laughs> yeah. 
Damn. And so I can't, I can't not kind of laugh, even though if he's playing kind of like a dick foster dad. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I like about Child's Play too is exactly where the train you were going down, which is like, um, this movie's just full of great fucking character actors, you know? Yeah. Um, Jenny Agater from American World in London. She's also in Logan's Run. Um, Grace Zabriski, who is like any David Lynch fan, is like, oh, Wild at Heart, Twin Peaks. Um, she was also in Galaxy of Terror, if you're a Corman fan. Um, uh, Beth Grant, who I'm Dude, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, w- I was just thinking, like, seeing her in this one, I was like, she's, Beth Grant's in fucking everything. She's in yeah. everything all the time. I was just watching Six Feet Under, you know, I talked about rewatching that, and she's in a Six Feet Under episode. Like, she's really? in, yeah, yeah. She plays, like, this woman who, you know, sees a blow of dolls floating and thinks it's, like, you know, the um, apocalypse and then runs into traffic and, you know, um, why am I not surprised? I feel like those roles are built for her. Like yeah. either she's, she's either she's either preaching about something like she in a really like sanctimonious way, whether or not she's like in a religious person or not. She's very like sanctimonious, very preachy, very like higher high horse, or she's getting run over by a bus. Yeah, and she she's just great. I feel like she's underrated. Great, like everything yeah. she she does, I feel like is just like a hundred percent. Yeah, she if her character her characters wouldn't be as memorable as they are if she wasn't playing them you know because mm-hmm. um, i do i like here's things i it's been a long time since i've watched speed but i always remember her trying to escape the bus and then the bus running o- yes. running her over and like sandra bullock's all essentially like, she was just afraid i'm like yeah and she really plays it because like she's like nervously crossing over and they're all like come over come over and they're like beckoning her over to like cross the thing and she of course she she like you know she just has that, that like face that like worried yeah. old woman like but she's great oh she's in too long food too She's in fucking yeah. everything, dude. She is. She, yeah, um, she is. Yeah, what a what a great cast. I feel like for for an eighties movie, you know, like what a fun, yeah. great eighties horror movie cast. Well, it's, you know, it's, and it's funny too because, like, I, you know, you were talking about movies that scared you as a kid. Like the the first movie yeah. I ever I ever watched in its entirety, like first horror movie I ever watched it, like because I was afraid of everything, um, was Child's Play, the original one, and um, and and so. When Child's Play Two came out, which was actually 1990, it still has that 80s. It's oh, still practically yeah, 80s. okay. But it's it's 1990. Let's yeah. be honest. Like it's basically 1990 is basically 1989 and a half. You know, um, when it comes to horror films. But like, uh, you know, it's like I I remember we were watching my I was at my family friend's house or a friend my best friend's house in New Jersey, and we were watching uh, Nightmare on Street Three. You know, and I screamed in the first five minutes. I begged them to take it off because I couldn't handle it. And so we watched the first Child's Play, and I was like nervous, like I was on pins and needles. But I made it to that movie, so I felt like a special, like oh man, I got this. And I loved the first Child's Play movie. And I think one of the things that that kind of is uh, important to note about Child's Play one and two is that Alex Vincent, like you know, plays a little kid, is fucking great. Like in Child's Play one, I've watched it recently, and I get like there's a moment where that kid, he's he knows Chucky's coming after him. Nobody fucking believes him. He's begging for help. And he's just like sitting up against a wall, bawling his eyes out and, and basically like at, calling for help and nobody's helping him. And it's like, it gets me. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, like this is fucking, this kid is killing me with this. It's like, he's really selling the, the, the fear. And in, in child's play too, he's a little bit more hardened. Like, yeah. I was going to say he's been beaten down and he's like, this is just life now. This is my life. Which is why there's this great line that like makes me laugh. I'm like, oh, that's so de- depressingly dark. Where like Chucky, like he's like, hey, snap out of it. It's like you've never seen a dead body before. And I'm like, yeah, at this point, this kid's seen quite a few. Um, I, I I love Child's Play too. And one of the things I love about it is that it doesn't because um, we were talking about the Evil Dead remake. Child's Play do does not change the. It doesn't 
steer the direction of the franchise in any way. It just goes, okay, we're just going to take the original movie and we're going to turn the volume up on it. Yep. You know? Like the first half of it is like kind of the same thing as the first movie. Kid knows the doll's alive. Nobody believes him. Chucky's gaslighting everybody, making them think the kid's really crazy. Same thing happens in the first one. They, the kid, they think the kid's a murderer in the first one. In the second one, they think this kid just can't get over shit, you know? Like Garrett Graham's yeah, like – Yeah, they're like, like oh, he's just traumatized, you know? Right. And, um, and then – but then the movie takes this weird turn. Not the franchise, but the movie itself takes this weird turn into this kind of surreal set piece at the end of like now we're in a toy factory and – how weird can it be here? And it gets fucking weird, you know? Like, um, I think what I love about this movie is that, you know, you have the movie and, and Kristen Elise, who was all on Beverly Hills 90210 and like, and, um, and 21 Jump Street, you yeah. know, I love her. I think she's fucking great. Like, she's, she's, great the, she's the older sister I wanted, you know? Um, and yeah, I never kind of badass. Lets you take a puff of the cigarette, but still scolds you for it. Yeah, like she's like she's a rebel, but she still looks she she's cool. Like, she's got a heart of gold because she's looking after you. You're a fucked up kid. Yeah, that's that's the sister I always older sister I always wanted. But um, and it's not like I have an older sister that wasn't like that. So don't nobody will be like, oh, what a dick. I'm like, I'm just saying, I'm wishfully thinking. But anyway, so we have this this whole ending in the, in the um in the in the toy factory, and then. We we kill Chucky by putting him in this weird thing, and he, he gets all these different limbs attached to him, and he's whatever. He's burnt alive. So, okay, great. We're walking out, right? I'm like, that's a pretty good – that's a satisfying ending. He pushes – they trap Chucky in this little box. They push a button, whatever. And then a few moments later, Chucky comes back. Now he's missing legs, and we're like – and so Andy pours that fucking like – that weird like plastic goop on him, and that's how Chucky dies. He gets melted in this plastic goop, and he looks like a weird garbage pail kid, right? Yeah. All right. Pretty cool way to kill Chucky. Great. So now we killed him twice. And then he gets back up again for a third <laughs> time. And I'm like, and I'm just like, man, and it's like, it's not even boring because every time he gets back up, they they take it up a notch, one like to the point where they blow him. And they, and when they put that hose in his mouth and he like expands, he does look like a fucking guard. I'm pretty sure I have somewhere in my collection at you know my mom's attic or whatever, I have a garbage pail kid card that looks just like that. You know, where he has like that weird garbage pail kid look, which makes sense because they were a knockoff on pumpkin. Uh, I was going to uh, say he looks like a garbage pail kid at the end of yeah. this. And I was like, that's really funny. Um, also, really quick, the Dodgers just won the World Series. So congratulations, Los Angeles, you know, the city that we both live in. Yay. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I think it was like it was actually I haven't rewatched this in a long time. So I felt it was like scarier but like funnier also than i remember you know watching it um it is it is like really enjoyable and like chucky terrified me as a kid like i did not like dolls like my mom i remember her buying me a doll and it looked too much it was like kid sister you know and it was too much like chucky and it fucking terrified me i buried it in the closet you know and then your parents are mad at you because they're like you know why are you playing with this toy i got you uh, it really, honestly, he freaked me out. I don't like dolls or puppets or clowns, you know? So, like, this movie is just filled with them. Yeah. <laughs> There's I mean, lots of clowns thing in this foster house. I was like, what's wrong with them? Do they not know that this isn't cool? Like, come on. Come on, people. It's 1990, apparently. Yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, there's just, like, the, what I, I, I mean, I like that, you know, they, they make a lot of callbacks to the original, too, you know, like, um, I mean, this, it, again, Andy from the first movie is, uh, you know, it's basically him with his, you know, new foster family. He just gets he just gets introduced to his foster family. Um, he's still traumatized. He, his mom is in like a, a mental hospital or whatever because nobody believes her. The clown was or the clown. The doll was the real. Doll, yeah. 
one of the things I like about this movie is they take certain moments from the first movie and they bring them up again, but they kind of, they also discard them. You know, like one of the big moments in the first movie, and I love this moment. It's, I think that, you know, in a list of scariest moments, this could be one of them is in child's play one. There's a part where she like, you know, you know, her, her son's locked up. She's like, Oh, I'm never, you know, she's super, she's just beaten down. You know, he's since he's been crazy about this doll saying that it's alive. And she just picks up the doll and she like, she goes to throw away the box and, and, and the batteries fall out. And she's like, what the fuck? And she looks and it says, you know, batteries not, I can't remember if it's like, no, not a batteries not included thing or batteries included, whatever. She opens the back of the, um, the, the doll and like their batteries are not there. And then his head turns around and he starts talking to her. And <laughs> In this one, they kind of take – and it's a really scary moment because you're like, holy shit. You know you know what's going to happen. It's a great buildup. Tom Holland, who directed the first one, is great. I, I think that that was a – Yeah, I, I mentioned the Dodgers had one because I live right near Dodger Stadium. So I figured it might be a little loud. Everyone's celebrating. Um, um, that's, see, that scared me over the phone because I'm <laughs> over the – I was like, oh, my God, are you dead? Um, but, <laughs> So she goes to turn the, you know, she goes to look at the batteries, then boom, you know. Uh, but yeah, um, they had that moment again. Andy picks up the doll, he pick, and it's Chucky. We know it's Chucky, but he, you know, and he he opens up the back and he sees the batteries. And like, okay, great, it's, wow, what a great callback to the original moment in the movie, and then just completely shrug it off. But um, what I also like about this one is that like there's. It's subtle because it's like oh it's just, it's like, it's kind of like we're we're seeing that like at this point we've we've already the slasher franchise the slasher genre is like in full effect and they're already ramping to make Child's Play, you know, part of that. But there's a great moment. There's like this Jenny Agater plays this like foster mom who so desperately wants Andy to like feel at home and like she's like what do you like and he's like I like eggs. She's like you got it. And then later on she's like I made you a sandwich, egg salad. And he's like she's trying so hard for this kid to warm up to her that when she finally yells at him to stay away from her when her husband's dead, it's like oh it's so painful. You know, know. it's like yeah, it gets her, you know. And then like um, and I kind of just- like this one too because I was, it was like don't mess with foster kids. You know what I mean? Like. You yeah. can't. Yeah, they're, I love, already, I mean, they're already hardened. They're downtrodden, yeah, so and, don't and, fuck with them. Look, this movie, I'm, I'm making this movie out to be something it's not. It's ridiculous. Like, Beth Grant's <laughs> character gets stabbed. It really is. Beth Grant's character gets stabbed with a basketball pump. Like, that's that's kind of like the two-parter of how he kills her. The basketball pump and then beats her down to the um, But my other favorite moment is, like, Andy has got this weird, like, meat, like, you know, like the turkey. What are those cutters? Those little, like, the little things you oh, Yeah, like the the um, the um meat shears, but they're, like. Sure. They're, the like, metal. They're yeah. electronic. <laughs> and he's holding them, and he's at the bottom stairs, and Gary Graham was always like, Andy, put down the knife, as if the kid is fucking holding a chainsaw or an SMG, like a submachine gun. You know, it's, like, it's a fucking, it's. It's not going to hurt anybody, you know, let alone this kid, you know. But, like, I just love how serious they're taking this moment. Like, Andy, put it down. Just put it down, son. We're going to talk about this. We're going to make it. And then, of course, you know, he walks down the stairs. And then, like, um, I just, you know, when I see movies like this, you you always wonder why people don't punch somebody in the dick. I'm always wondering, like, why don't they believe him after the first weird thing that's happened? I know. Because after a while, you're like, maybe this kid is telling the truth. But also, remember all the movies that we watched with kids where they're, like, little devils? So, like, him coming down the stairs and being, like, seeing him with that and being like, what is he doing with that? This little fucking creep. I think is really funny. Um, But I also get it. It's, like, the frustrating. I mean, that's what makes it so good is because everyone can remember being a kid and, like, kind of seeing something fucked up and being like, no one's going to believe this. Right. Right. especially adults but i do it's funny because um the score is still really good too especially you know 80s early 90s like graham graham Ravel did it 
Um, mm-hmm. And he's done every fucking movie in the 90s. He did The Crow. He did The Craft. The like, Craft. Yeah. This guy like, had, just has like a whole, you know, great resume of, of horror movies that he's done. So I think it's really fun. I felt it added to the movie for sure. I agree. Yeah. Um, it makes I mean, things more dramatic than it than it is. <laughs> yeah. And then it has any purpose being, you know, I mean, like, and I, again, I love Don Mancini. I mean, Don Mancini, he did, you know, he did, uh, you know, Cat, what was it, Castle Freak? Um, and then he did, um, and then he did every, every all the Child's Play movies. He directed Seed of Chucky, and he directed Seed of Chucky and Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky. Which, by the way, those movies are fucking fantastic. Like the newest, the two newest Child's Play movies are amazing. Like if you're a fan of the Child's Play franchise, they bring back every. It, it's just it's good. It's they somehow managed to reboot it with without just without um, crapping on everything that's happened before. I mm-hmm. love. Charles Play Ranch is great, but Don Mancini also, and he was on, I'm going to preface this, he was on this show because he was a fan. He was writing on the show as a fan. He was a fucking writer on Hannibal. Yeah. Really? You know, and I, I love that. Yeah. That's kind of re- awesome. I do love that. I, you know, he reached Fuller. out to Brian Fuller and he was like, I'm a Hannibal Lecter fanatic. So, uh, I'm, I am a resource that you need. And they were, and Brian Fuller was like, I'm a big fan of the Charles Play franchise. They brought him in, Don Mancini, you know, and, and yeah. also, you know, I love just, that. I love Brian Fuller. Yeah. I love them together. <laughs> yeah, and and I so I'm. But what I love about you, so the Child's Play franchise, like you know, like the third one is really bad. Yeah, um, I think you should just watch it just for the sake of watching it. But it's like, well, where do we go from here? Let's put him in a military. I like academy. the Bride of Chucky movies too. Like Jennifer Tilly's awesome. Like I, yeah. I feel like this is a fun franchise. Like yeah. it gets silly, but it's still really fun. But it pivots really well into the silliness. Like Bride of Chucky's yeah. really good. And then see the Chucky's like is is fucking it's taking the humor from because the bride by the time we get the bride Chucky we're going we're going horror comedy full on we're like we're embracing it see the Chucky's more comedy than you know and then we go back to Curse of Chucky or was it yeah Curse of Chucky where it's like it's suddenly we're getting serious again and it works you gotta watch this franchise skip the third one but watch watch all of them and you're like holy shit this is a fucking great narrative this is a great franchise it like it it moves it twists and turns but it does it so gracefully in my opinion i know a lot of people hate cedar chucky fuck all those people cedar chucky Chucky is fucking hilarious and especially if you know anything about like you know filmmaking and anything like that it's fucking it's it's a delight i mean cedar chucky is probably one of my in my it's in my top three of the franchise it probably goes one two and then see the chucky for me bride chucky's a very close fourth um but anyway i'm a big fan of the child's play franchise i'm surprised that i am because i mean aside from one bad one like they've been pretty they've been pretty consistent you know and you can't say the same thing about a lot of other franchises i can think there's quite a few franchises that you're like all right let's wrap it up you know like let's get it done with but Chucky just oh, and I'm looking forward to the new show in 2021. I think it's going to be fucking great. I really do. And um and you know watch the new Child's Play movies because Brad Dorf's daughter is the main character. You know she's literally oh, it's his really? daughter Fiona Dorf. I didn't great. know that. Yeah, she's great. Like every I'm, I'm like I don't want to give anything away, but a lot of people, a lot of familiar faces from the Child's Play franchise come in and out of the last two movies, and it's great. It's like it's a lot of fun, but they like he manages in the curse of Chucky one to make it kind of scary again. And, um, and also have fun and, and kind of dive into the backstory of, from the first movie. It's really good. Um, I really, really, really recommend it. Uh, but child's play two, it's just one of the great horror sequels of, um, 
any franchise, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's a fun, it's like a, it's a really fun horror sequel and it's, it's simple and it's, it's just enjoyable to watch. So still, I mean, I dolls scare me a little bit less now, but they still creep me out. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're scared by dolls, this is a good one to watch because they're still creepy enough, but it's also like, okay, we're now we're, we're really leaning into Chucky being like kind of like a Freddy Krueger type where it's like, let's crack, let's crack a joke before we do something fucking terrible. You know, it's like that gallows humor. Mm -hmm. Um, but it works more in child's play. And I love that. I mean, Elm Street's my franchise. Like that, that's that. I love those movies. Like that's my, that's, those movies are in my heart, you know, but uh child's play is clo- is very close there too. So. Yeah, I agree. I think child's play, it's like just those, like there's so many like nightmare and Elm Street child's play. Like those are the ones I grew up with and I still really like and appreciate and find just really enjoyable. And I feel like everyone kind of can. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean that's that, that's my thoughts on Child's Play too. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. That just, yep, Hall- just said it. Just really enjoyable. Pretty, pretty <laughs> solid Halloween. Uh, again, I know it's a good Halloween movie. You know, um, that's not Halloween. So yeah, and um, you can kind of binge like you can find them pretty easily. Yeah. So you can like just you could have a whole fucking weekend of it. Well, probably more than a weekend. There's a lot of them, you know. But <laughs> hey, if you if you stick to something. <laughs> Okay, I believe commit. you can get through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a commitment. But uh, yeah, I mean, so happy Halloween to everybody, um, you know, everybody we love. <laughs> yeah. Happy Halloween, guys. And see you. I, w- I wanted to be like, see you next year because it feels like that. But, you know, see you. See you after Halloween. See you after Halloween. Bye. your breath away this fall chucky rules did you miss me andy i sure missed you child's play too keep an eye out for it Ah!